Good evening. Go ahead. Why don't we welcome you? My name is David Payne. I'm the pastor here. And uh, for those of you that are with us for the first time, we're, we're glad that you're able to be here. And we hope over this Christmas Eve service that, uh, that you, you hear some familiar music, you, you, uh, you get to hear the Christmas story, that you, you leave here feeling better about uh, who God is and the plan that He has for you and His love and, and the relationships you have. That's, that's our prayer for you. And uh, I'm going to ask the ushers, they're going to pass out some uh, cards for you right now. Uh, these, are, these are just registration cards. If, if you don't want to fill one out, you don't have to, but it's just a way that we can uh, uh, have an idea of who's here. And if you don't mind sharing your contact information with us, we'll send you a little information about the church and we'll have a name tag for you if you come back and, and visit with us. And so just want to encourage you to do that. And while they're doing that, uh, we're going to... We're going to listen to another song, so... Angel, help to save. 
Well, I just want to make a couple announcements to you as we get started. Uh, if you want to take a look at the, the little insert bulletin we gave you, um, just want to let you know about our next sermon series coming up. Uh, whether you, you're a Christian or not, whether you go to church or not, you probably have some, you probably, if you don't do New Year's resolution, there's something you want to change about yourself or there's something that you wish you could do better. And if you're not sure what that is, ask the person next to you. They'll be happy to tell you, especially if it's your wife. But... Uh, um, but we're going we're gonna to do a sermon series starting January 11th. It'll be four, time, four uh, sermons, and we're going to be talking about uh, how we can get off to a good start with the year. And it, it has application uh, outside of Christianity, and so it, it's a good, if, if you're looking to visit the church, want to get a feel for what we do, uh, that's a good series to come to. So I just want to let you know about that. Um, you already got to hear our musicians this evening, and I just want to introduce them to you. This is John and Jesse Napier, uh, Colin McDonald, Marty Muse, and then our uh, piano player is Gustavo Bianchi, and uh, they do a great job, and this is the third time they've had to listen to me, so it's... Uh... And they, they've been a real blessing uh, this evening. Um, we are looking forward to a good service tonight, and we're glad that you could join us. But to get started, why don't you bow with me, and let's open with a word of prayer. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for this evening that we have. Not only because it's a beautiful evening and because we're with family and friends, but God, we have a chance to celebrate your great gift to the world. So we offer this time to you. Would, you. would you fill us with your spirit? Would you make this, this time not only uh, informative and, and using it to draw us closer, but would you use it to glorify yourself, to remind us of who you are? And we just offer this time to you, and we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to do a little bit of carol singing and give you a chance to sing as well. So why don't you stand with us and let's, let's sing together. Oh 
thanks. You can be seated. As uh, we move into the service, we just want to give you a chance to spend some time in prayer. And um, on those cards we passed out, part of what uh, we have on there on the back of those is a place that you can put uh, a prayer request. And we've got a we've got a team of folks that we share those with. They see that as their ministry and are very dedicated uh, to that. And uh, if you have something that you'd like to share with us, uh, they would love to to join you in prayer for that. And. We hear over and over again how effective that is and what a blessing that is to folks. So I just encourage you to, to take advantage of that. As we, as we get ready to pray, I just would like to uh, offer you a couple things to think about. Um, while we, we think of celebration and stuff at Christmas, uh, it can also sort of be a melancholy time. And uh, there's, it reminds us of people that we miss, maybe family members and uh, we all have folks that uh, we can think of during this time, maybe grandparents, parents, uh, a spouse, that, uh, that during this time, you, it just reminds you of, of your relationship and, and you miss them. And uh, just to encourage you during our prayer time uh, to, to give God thanks for that person. Uh, one of the gifts he gives us is uh, uh, the gift of relationship and uh, and so we, we can give him thanks for that and, and uh, just encourage you to do that. Also, I know there's lots of things going on with people's lives. Uh, um, we can, uh, just in this room, I'm sure there's, there's a variety of needs and requests. And, uh, and when we expand that out throughout the world, um, it's, it's overwhelming to think about. Uh, but whether it's something big like world peace or, or something small little part of your, your world, uh, we believe that God cares about each and every detail and that he wants us to share that with him. And so we, would, we encourage you uh, to do that. Uh, we're going we're gonna to take just a moment of silent prayer, and then I'm going to lead us in a prayer following that. So if you'd like to bow with me, uh, let's, let's pray together this evening. Heavenly Father, once again, we greet you this evening, and we are so thankful for who you are and all the things that you do in our life. Over and over and over, you bless us. Over and over, you reach out to us. Too often, we don't take the time to recognize it, and we take it for granted. It doesn't stop you from continuing to bless us and reach out to us. Tonight in the quiet of this place, we just pray that you might make us more aware of your presence. God, help us not to take you for granted. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and 
so that we can be more aware of who you are in all the ways that you bless us. As we pray this evening, I know there's people in this room going through difficult times, whether it's finances or wondering if they're going to have employment, maybe going through family crisis, health problems, sorrow over a loss of a loved one, whatever it is, God, we know that you, uh, that you care, that you have power, that you can bring comfort and peace, that you know exactly what's needed. And that's why we pray for your will to be done. That's why we, we offer those things up to you. Not only for the, the needs here in this room, but uh, across the world. For those children, those families that, are, that their sleep will be interrupted by gunfire tonight. For those children and families who will lose countless loved ones due to AIDS or other diseases. We pray that they might find your peace as well. And it seems like an impossible thing to ask, but God, we believe that with you all things are possible. For the remainder of this service, we, we invite you to speak to us. We invite you to, to use this time to our benefit and to your glory. And we pray all that in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, the one who taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. But deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This time we're going to invite the ushers to come forward. We're going to give you the opportunity to share your gifts and offerings with the God who has been so generous to us. Your baby. 
Well, we are going to take a look at the Christmas story tonight, uh, just a, a portion of it that you're used to, and uh, what I want to do is uh, I want to maybe give you three little lenses to view it through, um, and, and hopefully when you, when you leave tonight, it will maybe give you a fresh perspective or maybe give you a new thought or two about uh, what, what, Christmas, what Christmas means. Um, we, uh, we're used to hearing the story where we, we can get caught up in the bustle and hustle of things and, um, and miss it, just like they did so many years ago. But we're going we're gonna to take just a, a, a look from the middle of that story after, uh, after it says that Jesus was born in Luke chapter 2, verse 8 says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And this is the word of the Lord for us this evening. Thanks be to God. My title tonight is uh, Simple, Surprising, and Powerful. And those are the three lenses that I want to take a look at through, uh, for the story. Just, uh, just briefly do that. Run, run through those, looking at each one of those, those words, because I think... Uh, 
We can, we can get it right at the heart of the story of uh, using those, those three words. Simple, surprising, and powerful. So we'll start with, with simple. And, and that's a hard one to start with because in our culture, we, uh, we don't do simple too well. Uh, we, 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 we like complicated. We like, we like, uh, we like detail. We like bigger. We like better. We, simple, we don't do. If, if you've been Christmas shopping and you've got teenagers, you're broke. And, and you have no idea what you bought. You just know it was expensive. Uh, and it had an I in front of it. iMac, iPod, iPhone. You, you don't know what it is, but you just know it's expensive. Because, and we don't do simple. We, uh, we, in fact, we, we have smartphones. We have smart cars. You, you know, you got to change your TV in for more pixels and more detail. And, I mean, that we just don't do simple. And if you are thinking about how God would introduce himself to the world how he would break through and let us know that he is there. Simple isn't the word that we would probably think of, but yet that's just what he did. I mean, if, we, if it was up to us, we would, have, we would have had a PR director that would have contacted all the neighboring towns and cities. We would have had the, the, the different dignitaries from around the globe there, and we would have, we would, but that's not the way it happened. Simple. Do you, do, you, do you catch that in the story that the location was in a little town, Bethlehem, had no, no reputation? In fact, in the prophecy in the Old Testament, when they said the Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem, people laughed and said nothing good comes out of Bethlehem, sort of like Spicewood. <laughs> the location was weird. You, you send, you, you send your, the Savior of the world, you send your son as a, as a baby. You know, he, he didn't need parades and cars and escorts. He just was escorted by a young mother and, his, and, her, and her husband. Simple. In fact, it was so simple and so under the radar that most people missed it. It... it it just sort of went by the, the wayside. It, it was so simple that we still miss it. Even when we've heard the story over and over and over again, even when we're familiar with the characters, we still can miss what was happening that night. Simple. Surprising is the next word. Surprising. And there's a lot, there's a lot that's surprising here. There is a whole lot that surprises as we're reading, and the, the, the angels, we picked it up in verse 8, and the angels appear to the shepherd, and after they peed their pants and had to change robes and figured out that they were not going to die by these angels, they, they heard a message of, hey, there's a Savior been born. I mean, there are so many things that are surprising in this story. Again, the location was surprising. Why did you pick Bethlehem? The, the, the parents are surprising. Who in the world trusts anything of value to a 13-year-old girl? And you're going to put the, you're gonna put the 
the savior of the world in the hands of, of this young teenage mom? Who announces things instead of to kings and to princes and to rulers? Who announces to shepherds? And don't think romanticized view of shepherds like we had. There were smelly people that lived out in the fields that no one wanted to have anything to do with. There are so many surprising things. For You want to know the most surprising thing about the whole story? It's that God had anything to do with us at all. Because if you, if you track it back, if you track back what happened from when God went from creating a perfect universe and having his people come in and from the very beginning turning their back on him and, and disagreeing with him over and over and, and ignoring him over and over and, and they would blame him when everything went wrong and they'd ignore him when everything went right. We do the same thing now. And over and over and over, they just marginalized him and ignored him. And he tried to give them a law to show them what was good and bad. He tried to send prophets and he tried to give teachings that would draw them back and it didn't work and it didn't work. It's, it's amazing that God took the time to reach out to us at all. Because if you're honest, if we're, even now, if we're honest with ourselves, we don't deserve God's attention. We don't deserve any of that. Even if you are a nice person generally, if you compare yourself to God, you, we, none of us deserve God's attention. The most surprising part of the story is that, that, it, that he interacted with us at all. That he didn't just give up. That he didn't just start over. Simple, surprising, and then powerful. And this is the most, this is why Christmas is a holiday that we celebrate every year and, and, and is such an important event. If it was just simple and if it was just surprising, well, there's lots of stuff that happens like that every day, but this event was powerful. This event, this, this breaking in by God into, into humankind, this changed everything. Those of us who believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, that he is the one that, that came to save us, we believe that that night history changed forever. That, that break in relationship that I was just talking about with God, the fact that he didn't want to have anything, he shouldn't have wanted to have anything to do with us, that break was there. And even though he called us and, and offered us and blessed us and everything, we, could, we, we never could make up the, the distance. There was always going to be a break, but God said, you know what? I'll do for you what you can't do for yourself. Since you can't make it to me, I'll come to you. That's what incarnation is. That's why uh, in the songs, when you hear the word Emmanuel, that means God with us. It's a, it's a scandal. Ed, that's a surprising thing that God, creator, would become part of creation. But God came to be one of us. And in that, in that moment, the reconciliation, the plan for the future, the hope for the future, the brokenness of the universe, the brokenness of us as human beings, all of that began the path towards reconciliation on that night. 
You see, this wasn't just a baby being born. This wasn't just a neat story. This was an event that changed all the world. And it is so easy to miss it. Even when we think we get it, we don't get it. Herod, if you're following the story, Herod, King Herod, he understood it was a big event. In fact, he was so scared about it that he ordered that all the babies be killed because he didn't want another ruler taking over his kingdom. He didn't understand that God's bigger than he was and his actions weren't going to work. The wise men, the wise men understood that there was something important that happened that, that night and they started following, they went on a journey uh, to, to find this king. Even though they, they knelt before him and they gave him gifts of, of gold and frankincense and myrrh, even though, even though they found him, they still didn't recognize that this, this baby, this child, was going to change the universe forever. You know, as we, as we celebrate Christmas every year, as we read these stories, as we sing these songs, I just wonder, do you miss it? Or do you understand the, the amazing thing that God did for us through the gift of this child? We could, never, we could never ask or dream or presume that anyone would, would be so generous to us. And yet that's a gift that's given freely. It doesn't cost us anything. But it changes everything. We've been talking in our church about, uh, we've been going through Advent, and we've, we've got an Advent wreath here, and we've got four words that we've been highlighting throughout the, the, the season. We've been talking about love, hope, peace, and joy. You know, when, when, once you just understand who Jesus was, once you understand what God was doing through him, then you understand the way that not only was he changing, but he can change you. He can change me. We talked about love. If, if you've ever wondered, am, am I lovable enough? If you've ever wondered if, if you deserve attention, if you ever wondered whether you were worthy of love, God screamed yes with this event. Because what he said is, you are so important to me that I don't want to lose anyone. You are so important to me that I will come down to prove my love for you. You are so important that I'm willing to die for you so that you can know how much I love you. And if God loves you, who cares what the jerk sitting next to you thinks? If the creator of the universe who could do anything, snap his fingers and come up with the best thing ever, if he thinks you're the best thing ever, then why are you arguing with it? God proves that we're worthwhile. He gives us worth. So love changes. And then once you understand that, once you understand you matter, that you matter to God, and you understand that God is all-powerful, well, then hope enters the picture because if there is an all-powerful God who thinks I'm, I'm great and is willing to, to work in my life and bring me into his will, then there is nothing in my life that's hopeless. Sure, there's going to be things that don't go the way I want them to. Sure, I'll hit bumps and things along the road, but there are no hopeless causes. 
with a God like this. I can have hope. It doesn't matter where I find myself. It doesn't matter if I'm faced with death or, or sick or, or illness or poverty or whatever it is. There's hope. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. And once I understand that I, I'm loved, that there's hope, well, now I can start to have peace. Peace. I can sleep at night. I can stop trying to solve the world's problems. I can stop trying to solve my kids' problems. I can stop trying to solve my spouse's problems. I can have quiet and contentment. And then the best one of all is joy. That when you add love and hope and peace, well, now you're open for for joy, which is supposed to be the mark of Christianity. It's supposed to be what people look at us and see and say, wow, that's what I want. Unfortunately, too many Christians walk around like this all the time, so nobody sees that. But, but if a real Christian joy, it is contagious. And real Christian joy is not just a fakey emotion like, oh, hi, like you do with your mother-in-law when she came in tonight before the Christmas celebration. You know, you, you had to pretend like you were happy to see her, but we all know that you weren't. And if, if that surprises your mother-in-laws, well... I'll talk to you later. Um, it's just the way it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mine's 30,000 miles away. That's why Christmas is joyful for me this year. But, but Christmas joy is not a fakey emotion. Christmas joy is this thing that wells up inside of you that when you understand that there is a God who will do anything for you, that there is a God who knows your name, who knows everything you need and is willing to, to bring you into his will, there is a God who, who will never forsake you or leave you alone, that you will never find yourself facing a situation that you can't handle with his help, that you will never be isolated or abandoned. That, that you can have peace and contentment wherever you are, no matter where you find yourself, well, then there's something that just builds up inside of you, and it's just got to come out. You know, over and over and over, the way the Scriptures describe Jesus is light. And that, to me, is what joy is. That once you understand what God has done in your life, and, and, and once you start to experience it and live in it, there's just this light that shines from you. You can't help it. You can't help it. Your, your life has changed. Everything changed because of what God has done. It just shines from you. You just can't help it. Well, that, that's what Jesus brings. And he did it in a simple way. I mean, who would have thought? Teenage mom on a donkey. Bethlehem. But it's powerful. You know, another thing that's powerful is God's forgiveness and grace. Again, it sounds so simple. Ask whatever you will in my name and I will give it to you. If you confess your sins, I'm faithful and just. I'll forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Sounds simple. But man, when you get it, it's powerful. 
That baby grew up to be the Savior, the Savior that wiped away the sins of the world, the baby that paid the price so that we could stand before a holy God, that we could meet him face to face and, and be accepted. And we're going to celebrate communion to remind us of that uh, this, this evening. And that many years later, as Jesus gathered with the friends that he'd made and, and the guys that were following him in ministry, he was at the table, they were sharing a meal, and he took the bread and he broke it. He offered it to him and he said, I want you to take a piece of this and as you eat it, I want you to think of me. This is going to represent my body, which is broken for you. And every time you eat of it, I want you to, to remember me and to remember my love for you to remember that I'm willing to be broken for you. And after the, the bread, he took the, the wine, and he gave thanks to God, and he passed it to him, and he said, this represents my blood and the new covenant in my blood that will be shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. And every time you drink of it, I want you to remember me. Now, you explain to me bread and juice. Simple. Everybody's got it. Surprising that out of all the things he could have picked to, to remind us of who he was and what he was going to do, he picked bread and juice. That it's powerful. And that as we gather, as we come forward, as you take and eat, you have a, there's some way that God does it. I, I can't explain it, but there's some way that he does it where you can come face to face, person to person, with the God of power, the God who sent his son, the God who walked with his son, the God who raised his son from the dead, and the God with whom Jesus is seated, is seated at his, his, his right hand. If you're not from this church, you're not used to the way we take communion, I just want to let you know it's open to anyone. If you're here tonight and you want to receive, then you're invited to come. This is a, this is a sacrament, which, is a, which, which means it's an outward expression of what we believe God does on the inside of us. And what this is about is about forgiveness and grace and understanding God's love for us. And so you are invited to come and, and receive. Uh, in just a moment, I'm going to invite some folks to come forward. And as you come forward, you're going you're gonna to come. You'll break off a piece of bread. You'll dip it in the juice. And then as you are returning on the outside to your chairs, uh, we'll have some candles for you that we're going to use in just a minute for the, the close of the service. Um, but this is, a, this is a time for you to, to receive. So I'm going to invite those who are going to be serving to come up at this time.
This is a, a time between you and God. This is a time to give thanks. This is a time to look forward, to look back. Uh, this is a time to remember that simple, surprising, powerful thing that God did through Jesus Christ. Why don't you come and receive?
Oh